Hey everyone, this is Josh back with Cardboard Chronicles, and today I'm speaking with Josh Dawson. He's got the number two or three, I think it is it two or three, uh, registry for LeBron and Michael Jordan in PSA, so I'm really excited to have Josh on. Uh, he's got a fantastic name, obviously, so that'll be great. How you doing, Josh? Good, thank you. Thanks for the introduction. Yeah, I got a number two on Jordan and LeBron, so. That's super impressive. So we'll get into some of that kind of stuff. Uh, we'll show some cards. He's got a lot of cool cards to show us. We'll talk to him about the registry, and uh, we'll talk about the hobby in general. We'll have some fun. You ready? Yeah. Sounds good. All right, so why don't you start us off. Tell us a little about yourself. Tell us about your uh, entry into the hobby and all that fun stuff. Yeah, I, uh, I started collecting when I was young, you know, around 10 years old. Not sure exactly why I started collecting because my parents didn't really collect per se, but you know, mom brought me to, uh, you know, different card shows and the national and things like that. And kind of got me into, you know, that 1986, 1987 top stuff. And I wanted to build sets and collect sets. And, you know, I kind of found it fun just to, you know, put all the, put all the cards in order on the, you know, cardboard table when I was little. And, uh, that kind of morphed into wanting to continue to collect cards through, you know, grade school and high school. And, you know, at some point, uh, you know, I started buying boxes and then uh, realized that, you know, I was buying boxes at the most expensive price possible. So uh, I, I kind of morphed that into uh, figuring out, you know, that most people were getting it from distributors. Um, so I called a distributor and said, I want to buy from you. And they said, you can't, you got to be a business. I'm like, well, what do I need to do to be a business? So I kind of followed the path and uh, set up a company called Northeast Sports Cards um, almost 20 years ago now. And uh, really focus on, you know, buying and selling unopened wax boxes in that sense. And it's uh, allowed me to feed a lot of my personal collection. So, um, you know, and I'm still a collector at heart. So I really just use that as a vehicle to collect my own stuff and, uh, you know, not use house money to buy my little purchases for myself. Um, but, uh, yeah, I kind of got out of baseball somewhere in the, uh, early nineties, you know, I was really excited about baseball and into baseball cards when the home run race was going on with Sosa and McGuire and growing up in St. Louis, it was, you know, such a big deal. And, um, but at some point, I don't know why I just kind of flipped everything and said, I'm going to kind of get out of baseball and move all my money into basketball. So I don't know, you know, I think it was a combination of Michael Jordan being the best player at the time. And then. Uh, being in St. Louis, it was the local favorite, you know, it's the closest basketball team to St. Louis. So, um, you know, we drove up just, you know, drove all the way to Chicago five and a half hours just to go to his restaurant, you know, and things like that. Cause it was such a, a big deal, but yeah. So I kind of got into Michael Jordan and, um, the rest is history as they say. So you said you started about 20 years ago and you didn't take any real breaks during that took, time? Uh, took a break through college, really didn't buy anything or didn't collect in college at all. I kind of gave up on it after high school. And then, um, you know, I just kind of got drawn back into it, you know, like most things. And uh, yeah, I got back into it, you know, after college, uh, moved up to New Jersey and on the East Coast. And I've been here ever since. And uh, yeah, kind of got reinvigorated and Jordan was still playing. And even though he's on the downside, uh, you know, downside of his career, I you know, took friends with me. We went to Washington, D.C. to even see him play in a Wizards uniform. So, you know, seeing somebody score 50 at 50 years old, you know, was still impressive. And, you know, it was always kind of my childhood, you know, hero in sports. So, um, you know, it kind of got me back into collecting and wanted, you know, my first autograph card of Michael Jordan or my first jersey of Michael Jordan. And, you know, I've been able to obtain a lot of stuff since then. So, 
So when did you start getting into LeBron stuff? Uh, everyone obviously knew about LeBron in 2002, 2001, maybe even before that. Um, but LeBron, um, you know, he was touted as the next Michael Jordan, as everyone is. But if you listen to everybody, it's going to be Harold Miner or Penny Hardaway or anybody else, right? So, yeah. you know, no knock to those guys. They're great players, but they're not Michael Jordan. And, um, you know, I wasn't bought into all the hype as most things are hyped uh, way too much now with uh, Otani and baseball and everything else. So for me, um, you know, I let it ride a few years and uh, kind of really watched him, you know, two to three years. It got to be about 05, 06 before I really started saying, oh, wow, I really want to collect this guy because for me, you got to really watch out who you uh, collect. You know, it's not just statistics. You know, it's it's the person, it's their on-court and off-court um habits you know um and uh obviously as much as it's not for me a financial you know i don't buy things just to resell them and make money i buy them for the passion of it um i want to make sure that it's something that will hold value absolutely so yeah i picked up lebron stuff in um 05 06 and obviously um you know tried to go back and get you know one or two rookie cards i don't have a lot of them but i got one or two key ones and that's a you know and since then, I've I have a lot of LeBron cards, but a lot of them more more recent years. Yeah, sounds like you found a nice balance between you know protecting your investments and your money, and also collecting you know what you're passionate about, you know what you love. Yeah, yeah, I try to. You know, I think everybody has a a financial uh, you know unless you're ultimately wealthy, everybody has you know the financial piece that goes into it. So you can't afford everything. Right. Um, but for me, after Michael Jordan, you know, it was a simple. Who am I going to find to replace Michael? Who can I collect now? Because I didn't know if I was going to ever get passionate about somebody again. And LeBron turned out to be kind of that person for me. And, you know, the fact that it kind of emulates everything with MJ from the number on, you know, that was kind of a, you know, an easy transition for me. Yep. So. All right. So you're kind of teasing some cards here. Why don't you, uh, I know you got a bunch sitting next to you. So why don't you show, talk about what you collect specifically yeah. and uh, maybe show some stuff off. Sure. Yeah. Some of the uh, cards are not the most valuable ones. Uh, what I'm trying to, you know, give you a taste of is kind of what I really enjoy and why I collect what I, you know, the ones that the Jordan cards are, are um, ones that I just find very fun. And they're, they're ones that give me the most passion about the hobby. So this is the uh, hot numbers from 95. It's more of a 3D lenticular card. And I, I again, I just think it's fun. It's the uh, obviously, you know, a, a a fun card. Uh, this is the EX cut above. So this card, uh, you know, ultimately it got hard to find, but you could you could get these at the national for a hundred dollars easily. You know, when I bought this, and you know, um, you know, I bought them way back when. But I, I again, these are just cards I think that are fun. You know, this looks like graffiti. Um, again, it kind of more of a childhood look. You know, and I, I just think they're kind of fun cards. This is one of my favorite cards. Um, it's just the uh, colors on it and the, you know, the picture itself of Jordan. This is one that I'd love to have in PSA. Didn't cross over. I tried and, you know, not willing to downgrade it to uh, to get it in a PSA holder. This one I got a long time ago. It's a little bit more rare for those that know cards. Uh, it's called a grand finale, but it's the only 10, and it's uh, pretty rare because it's numbered out of 50. So that one's a little bit more rare. This is ultimately my favorite card, not my most valuable card by any means, but it's my favorite card made. Um, you know, it's just the uh, Ultra Stars Gold. It's just the embossed 
it's got a great picture of Jordan and it's got a, you know, just a ton of color and, and shimmer to it, you know? So that's uh again, I, I kind of collect what I like more than necessarily for the value. You know, if Otani's rookie cards were $25,000, I don't care. <laughs> I don't want it. You know, I'd much rather put it into something I really like. Absolutely. Uh, this one was a key, you know, uh, kind of fun card because it was all die cut, uh, had a lot of color to it. And it's, I think it's the third version of the, uh, ultra abilities they had a regular one a star and then a superstar yep and same with this one on star power there was a star power a plus and then a supreme this is kind of a see-through card um but it was really hard because it is die cut and stuff up here yep so that was a tough one and then uh this is one of my favorites also this one's a tough card it's uh they make a fusion and then they make this one that's uh you know numbered out of 40 and it's actually stamped so this was a tough card, you know, for those that uh, no cards and stuff. And I just love it because it has all these little dots that make up the face, and it's actually see-through. Yeah. So for them to do this, you know, imprint, they started with baseball, I think. And then, you know, just this little laser cutting, I think, was so cool um, at the time. And then uh, some of the other ones I have are, you know, they're not even, you know, necessarily the favorites, but they're more, some of the more valuable ones are, you know, autographs and patches. that um, has, like, the J in it you know, from exquisite. These, uh, these were ones that I picked up, you know, later in life. Um, and I had a little bit more money and, uh, you know, this is a LeBron Jordan auto. Sweet. Um, this is one of my favorite cards just because I bought it when it came out in 06 and I bought it on eBay really cheap. <laughs> I hate to say, but, um, this one's uh really rare because it's only numbered out of four made. So that's crazy. It was, it's numbered a uh, two of four. Um, and again, I, it has all like nine, five subgrades, but it did not cross over to a PSA and uh, I'm not willing obviously to break it out of a BGS nine, five holder. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, this is one of the, uh, exquisite ones, uh, again, in a BGS holder, but with the zero, you know, the O from Jordan. And then, uh, this is one of the autograph patches, you know, from Jordan. That one's so sweet. You know, but I, I try to get the ones that are two or three colors. Um, but for me, I think it's a again for Jordan. It's it's more of like what I like than you know what a what it's worth. You know, and a lot of these cards I weren't worth that much. Again, that EX cut above was a hundred dollars. Now it's worth a lot more than that. But but uh, you know, I just wanted that card. I thought it was cool. I looked like a saw blade. You know, and it was just kind of fun. So some of my cards are not the most valuable cards. Um, same with baseball. You know, I still kind of collect the two or three key players I grew up with, with Ken Griffey Jr., Frank Thomas, Mike Piazza, those guys. Um, and I, but nothing high-end, you know. I just try to pick up the ones, like, you know, that I really liked in the mid-'90s when I was collecting them. So, you know, the 93 Finest came out, and and then it was, you know, just a couple of those insert cards that I really liked. Um, but, yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of the – you know, some of the key cards in Jordan, LeBron, same thing. Um, I, I picked this up when it came out. This is uh, Central Credentials, but it was numbered out of six. So it's pretty tough to get. Um, I've never even seen one of those, dude. This is uh, LeBron and Kobe, um, exquisite. And then this is one of my favorites. I got this one, again, I think they're pretty prominent at the time in 08, but this one has all the script on it. So... Kobe and LeBron writing all the uh, I scored, you know, 61 at MSG. And then two days later, LeBron scores, I, I scored 52 at MSG on them two days later. So, awesome. so I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I got these 
all these got graded myself. I didn't buy them graded. So uh, this one was one of the toughest ones because it has a really crazy patch. Um, you know, the patches are really great. Yep. And, um, you know, to get a Gem Mint 10 on any exquisite card, I know people that collect know that uh, it's very tough on the thick cards to get uh, really high grades. So that was a 09 number pieces exquisite? Exactly, yeah. So PSA that was 10. a number pieces. Yep. Jeez. So there's two there's two tens. I think, you know, there's one on eBay right now actually. But yeah, so that's that's mainly the uh the core stuff and then, you know, my my uh big card is my uh LeBron rookie. Uh I don't have all the rookies. I don't have the ultimate collection, the SPA, you know, the uh SP authentic, any of those. But I was fortunate enough to get the rookie patch auto um when it came out. So two years later, like in 0506, I um I bought this, got it graded myself, and, uh, you know, again, I stuck with PSA. Maybe it's, uh, you know, some people tell me it's better than BGS, but uh, I got that graded myself, and, you know, I'm happy with an 8. You know, I can't complain. Nobody, I don't need the nine fives. you know? Yeah, that's a fantastic card, dude. I don't, I don't think so, I'm going to get any arguments from anybody. No, no, that's a, that's a, you know, kind of one of the key pieces. It wasn't, you know, it's funny because five years ago, my Michael Jordan regular Fleer rookie card was more valuable than that. And Jeez. just, you know, they're a dime a dozen, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, what's happened in the league and what's happened with LeBron, I, you know, it's just soared past everything else. And like a lot of the Jordan inserts, it's just, they've all kind of gone up, you know? Um, so I just, you know, I keep one of everything. I don't keep a lot of duplicates. Uh, if I do, I sell them. And, you know, most of the stuff I just, you know, have one of, I try to get a gem in 10. If I can't get it, I'll get an eight or nine. Some of them are even a six, but, um, you know, if I can finally upgrade later and I can find a nine and I have a six and I buy it and then yep. sell my six, sell you know, six, and try yeah. to get some money back. <laughs> so, so what does that LeBron uh, RPA mean to you for the hobby or like, what does it mean to the future of the hobby? I just feel like it's such an important card for the modern era. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like the 52 mantle, right? I mean, the 52 mantle for baseball is kind of like yeah. the recognized card. I don't, you know, everybody knows the Hannes Wagner, but that's just the most valuable, but the most recognized card is definitely the 52 mantle. And I think, um, this is the equivalent in basketball, you know? Um, I think, uh, it kind of goes back to the whole Jordan LeBron thing, right? So, you know, there's no denying. I mean, I think LeBron's an amazing player. I think he's uh, statistically probably going to be Jordan in every category. Um, but, you know, and maybe an overall around player better uh, as a player. Uh, not to upset anybody that loves MJ because I still think Jordan is a better scorer. He'll have more championships at the end of the day. And he transformed the game. I mean, yep. Jordan is just somebody that you can't – I don't care who it is. LeBron could score – you know, could get 20 – championships it's not going to surpass what michael did because it was the early 90s he was the first one with endorsements first one with the shoe contract yep first global player and i think overall it's just somebody that you know became you know globally known and brought basketball to a whole new level nobody can do that again it can only be done once yep and uh you know it wasn't that time in technology history internet whatever it is that you know, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and all these other guys, they couldn't have been that guy. Yep. So, you know, um, I think Jordan obviously is the most important player. When you think of baseball, it's either Babe Ruth or, or uh, Mickey Mantle. Yep. You think of hockey, everybody thinks of Wayne Gretzky. It is what it is. When you think of basketball, it's Michael Jordan. There's no doubt about it. You know, nobody's going to say anything else. But, you know, for the for the LeBron, I mean, 
the Michael Jordan rookie card was in 1986, right? And it's regular Fleer card. It wasn't numbered. It didn't have a patch. It didn't have an autograph. Cards are so different nowadays. You know, when this premium brand came out, and it was expensive at the time, you know, uh, exquisite. I think uh, a lot of people shied away from it because of the cost. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, people were worried about, you know, is it is it going to hold any value, you know, at those kind of things. So now, obviously, you know, they're tremendously valuable. And But uh, to answer your question, the LeBron RPA, I think it's like the 52 Mantle. I think it's got nowhere to go but up. It's um, LeBron's breaking records every day. You know, literally every week and month, and in January he'll pass Jordan on the scoring list. And I think, um, you know, long term he could end up being the number one scorer in history. Yep. And so um, whether he does or not, or he breaks his leg tomorrow and stops, it doesn't matter. He's been a Hall of Famer for the last five years, you know, um, already. And uh, I just don't see it uh, decreasing in value at all. I think it's one of those you hold on to and. If and when I ever get rid of mine, it'll be for reasons I, uh, you know, desperately need money. <laughs> um, but that's kind of when you know you're a true collector, too. When somebody says, you know, what do you want? And you don't really want to sell it at any price. You Absolutely. Know? Yep. So somebody uh, asks you for, uh, you know, your Anthony Hardaway key card, and they're offering you double what it's worth. It's, it's really not about the money. It's really about, can I replace it? Well, in this case, I can't. I can't replace a LeBron RPA. And, um you know, they're all held back in collections like mine, and nobody can, uh, you know, they're just not readily available. And uh, beyond that, it's just something that, you know, you, you're passionate about and you care about. And, you know, if and when the time comes, you know, great. But uh, that's that's kind of when you know you, uh, you're a true collector, I guess, is when you don't want to sell something regardless of the, the offer, you know? Absolutely, man. Well said. So. All right, let's jump into the registry stuff. So tell me about the PSA registry and uh, sort of like what got you into that and what do you like about it now? Yeah, when I started grading cards, I I dealt with some, you know, a lot of different companies. I dealt with SGC, which is, is still around and good. Um, but I dealt with a company called USA, if you remember them, and they were terrible. And I didn't know any better, you know. I was grading cards and I thought, you know, it's cheaper. Let's go with that option. Um, I kind of gravitated towards PSA because I saw more in magazines, maybe more just public, you know, maybe just more advertising or whatever it may be. Um, Obviously, the two key companies now are BGS and PSA by far. And um, because I started with PSA, I just kind of stuck with it. So a lot of people tell me new cards, go get a grade with BGS. They're worth more. Try to get that, you know, BGS 10. For me, I just stuck with PSA. Um, When I started, you know, collecting more and more cards, I decided that, you know, they started this registry thing. Registry is great for a lot of reasons. Um, for me, it's a way to keep track of my inventory. So I know what I have and what I don't. It also keeps track of value. So I can put in the price I bought it at, the price I, you know, currently think it's worth or sold it at. And for insurance purposes, that's terrific. I mean, mm-hmm. it makes life a lot easier. We can just hand a piece of paper, you know, an Excel spreadsheet over to uh, an insurance company and say, here's my collection. So for me, it's it's ultimately, you know, very valuable in that sense. Now you can upload pictures. I haven't done that yet. Uh, it'd take a long time for me to go through every card I have and upload a picture. But um, you can add pictures. You can add details to it, um, the date you bought it, everything. Um, and then the last thing is, you know, it's a friendly competition. You know, it's kind of fun to see where you stand in, in relative comparison to other people. So 
you know, a lot of people um, ultimately have more money than you or I do, and they, they're going to have better collections. I'm very fortunate that, uh, you know, I kind of put all my money in Jordan and then uh, into LeBron. And, um, you know, so I got pretty high up the ranks. I was number one until last year for both and uh, just slipped to number two. And, um, you know, I don't have any uh, qualms about it. You know, I'm very happy to be number two. So, uh, you know, um, I'm going to try to keep that going and, you know, whether I ever uh, go to number one or slip to number 10, it really doesn't matter to me. I mean, it's fun to see, but for me, it's more of, uh, you know, I'm, I know I'm 52% done with my Jordan collection, you know, so I also know how much is still out there to collect. Right. So, yeah, that's kind of a, you know, PSA has been very good. Uh, unfortunately, they're a bit pricey, but um, I think uh, that doesn't matter if it's me or you or anybody else. It's, you know, <laughs> it's the market. Right. So you picked up a lot of the, the big key cards in your collection sort of early on. And you, you mentioned you were fortunate for that. Do you still try to go after those big cards currently? Or what's, what's like your current strategy given the state of your collection? Yeah, I mean, really it's about uh, trying to trying to pick up. When I can, I'd like to pick up key cards. But uh, for me, it's a, right now it's a financial you know, decision that I, I can't uh, go out and buy the missing, you know, really, really rare Jordan cards that I want. You know, I found one at the national and $30,000. I'm not going to spend that kind of money on a card. Um, but, uh, you know, when I can pick up a, a low numbered, you know, LeBron card that came out last week for a hundred to $200, I think when I know five years from now, everybody's going to say, wow, I never see that card. There's only five of them made. I think that's a good long-term investment, you know? So I try to pick up cards that, uh, I can get graded myself being that they're brand new, fresh out of pack, there's a very good chance of getting them gem mint. And, um, you know, and I think that's kind of my new strategy is more quantity over quality. Um, you know, I still would love the, the quality cards, but I can't afford the to go back and get a LeBron Ultimate Collection rookie auto, you know. Right. But I can afford a $200, you know, a green certified card number to five with a patch. And I think even though it's not autographed or anything else that that card's going to be very rare to find when there's only five out there. So, so for me, I'm trying to, uh, you know, I'm more focused on LeBron right now, to be honest, because, um, with Michael Jordan, there's nothing new to get, right. He's not in every product like LeBron is. So, um, they stopped making Jordan cards other than a couple weird products like Goodwin and stuff where he's golfing. So, uh, for me, it's, you know, I try to get the missing cards with Jordan when I can. Uh, when I find those rare ones, and I do, I usually can't afford them. So, you know, one or one or two a year, maybe at the most. I, I picked up one at the National uh, that I wanted, and it was a Michael Jordan Kobe uh, auto number to 10, but it was the only PSA 10. So that was a big card um, from SP Authentic. But other than that, I mean, um, you know, I'm really focused right now on more LeBron, and I think um, – and kind of picking up the cheaper but still rare cards. Sure. Yeah, it's great for li- my listeners to hear. Like, a lot of times you just think, hey, this guy's got this crazy collection because he's just got a ton of money. But that's that's not always the case, right? Like, it's it's about how you approach it uh, with your... Listen, uh, I've never had a ton, a ton of money. I've been very fortunate. Like I said, a lot of my cards, I was just in the right spot at the right time because I sure. bought them all around anywhere from 99 to 2002. Sure. And at that time, although maybe they're expensive, I mean, they weren't uh, they weren't 
even a quarter of what they're worth now. Sure. Right. So, uh, things have really gone up and I've just been fortunate that I kind of collected the right player. I mean, I got lots of friends that collect, you know, put $20,000 into Michael Vick and look what happened. Yeah. You know, so that's where it goes back to the, you, know, you got to be very selective of who you, sure. you collect. And I think, you know, most people can agree you can't collect everything. Right. So, you know, it's, you know, I'd rather have one or two players that I really collect than, 50 players where I own, you know, have their rookie card. Right. Yeah. There's, there's still a lot of opportunity, even with current cards. Like you said, there's cheaper cards that in the future may be more valuable and there's always opportunity yeah. to buy stuff undervalued. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, today's hobby is a little bit different, you know, than it used to be also, you know, I, yeah. I could afford to open packs a lot more frequently. <laughs> right. So then what's your take on the current state of the hobby, especially in relation to wax and, you know, packs and, the gamble, the sort of gambling side of it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's a different world, right? I mean, I used to open packs for fifty cents up to about three dollars a pack. You know, it was I think ninety three finest came out, and I remember it very well. I was at a show, and it was like five dollars a pack, and it was like, holy cow, can I really afford that? You know, and um, now it's really not a kid's thing anymore because packs, you know, packs now are anywhere between five dollars and fifty dollars, make sometimes a hundred, two hundred dollars a pack. Um, so it's not really a kid sport when you're paying that much money, yeah. right? So I think it's um you know it's very difficult for a kid to be able to open a National Treasures basketball pack when the pack by itself is going to cost you yeah. $500, right? Yeah. $500. I mean, I can't afford to open that, you can't afford to open that. It's it's um you know it's not for everybody, right? So um I think it's you know turned into a little bit more of what I call legalized gambling <laughs> because I think um, you either really get a big hit and you get the, one of the RPAs or you get something else like that or or you don't. And uh, you get really disappointed because that's a lot of money out the door. So, um, you know, when rookie cards like Otani or even, you know, new players like Kuzma or Jason Tatum or somebody like that in basketball, they're already for the key rookie cards and national treasures are flawless or $20,000. Yeah. You know, no offense to those guys. I think they're great players. In the long term, they could be amazing. But $20,000 for a card from somebody brand new, I don't right. – I can't justify that. You know, I couldn't I couldn't justify that even if I had the money. So for me, uh, you know, probably I could have picked up 20 LeBron rookie cards when it first came out. But I need to kind of see players actually do something where a lot of people prospect and buy into the hype. And, um, you know, but – it's not really a kid's sport anymore. I mean, uh, I, I think there's uh, just a lot of very expensive product coming out with very key, you know, kind of gold nuggets in there that are really hard to find. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, it wasn't like that. You know, when you opened a pack of baseball cards and, you know, or basketball cards in the early 90s, you got three rookies of the same guy that was the number one rookie in the league, you know? So just a different day and age with patches and autographs and numbered cards and everything else. And, uh, I don't dislike it. I just think it's different. Um, you know, I think things are kind of run by case breakers and people that open massive amounts of wax because kids can't afford, uh, you know, that Jason Tatum rookie card. They'll, they'll, uh, they'll buy into one of the case breaks and they'll try to get a card that way because it's much more affordable. Yeah. What do you think about the sustainability of this long term, especially for the kids? Like in the, you know, the future, the future of the hobby, if, are they, are we going to lose a lot of these kids and are they going to be able to stick with it in the future? Yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, I think, uh, I think Panini and Tops are making an effort 
to uh, to bring kids back into the hobby and doing some nice uh, promotions and things, whether it's Black Friday or National Baseball Card Creating Day or whatever it is. But you know, obviously, the technology is so much different nowadays. You yeah. know that you know even my kids they want you know the new PS4 game. They don't really want a a card, and if they do want a card, they want a Pokemon card. You know, so. Um, you know, my kids getting excited about Michael Jordan cards is, is not there, you know, but they don't know who he is. They really didn't grow up with him. And, yeah. and I'm trying to, you know, kind of understand that, the, you know, there's, there's a, they love opening things. So, you know, all, like all kids, it's fun to open stuff. So, um, I think that's never going to go away, you know, the kind of the thrill of the chase, if you want to call it. But, yeah. um, but I think it's a, it's a different day and age. I don't know that, um, you know. A lot of as many people will collect like we did, um, but I also think there's a good side to that because when everybody collected and they made millions of cards for everybody in the world in the early '90s, they're all literally worth nothing now because right. you know they have no value um, because uh, they they mass produced everything and overproduced everything. So right. I like the rarity of it. Um, and I think that'll hold value. And I think maybe some people get into it just for the investment investment side of things, you know? Yeah, so not necessarily worse, just different, I think, is your uh, takeaway. Yeah, I think it's different. I think, uh, you know, I'm trying to get my kids in, you know, a little bit involved with just watching sports. And then, you know, yeah. so my son knows who LeBron is and, you know, and that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, but I think it's just different. It's uh, I don't think it's... Um, you know, the good thing is uh, there's an upside. I think, you know, when we go to the National and I go every year, um, there are more and more kids going to the National. Whether they're collecting Legos and not cards, I don't know. But um, but they're always there. Maybe they're just there tagging along with Dad. But uh, but I think there's a lot more kids showing up to these things. And I think, it, I think the one thing that doesn't go away is people always want to meet the athletes. Yeah. I mean, that's really, you know, when I said my mom brought me to card shows, that's one of the things that drove me. I've gotten to meet Mickey Mantle. Ted Williams, Muhammad Ali, some really, you know, very infamous people. And, uh, and I think that's kind of something you can't ever take away is that experience. So I think that's something that really will stick with kids and uh, hopefully keep them coming to the hobby, you know? Yeah. Well, this has been fantastic. Why don't you give everyone a look at the jersey behind you? We're all, we all want to see the one uh, right behind you. Yeah, so it's uh, kind of a set. It's uh, North Carolina, the Bulls, and the Wizards. Awesome. So they kind of uh, kind of got a matching set. So I actually saw that at the National in 2002. Uh-huh. And um, I never owned a Jordan jersey. And uh, they kind of came as a set. They sold them as a set from Upper Deck. And, um, yeah, I was very fortunate that, uh, you know, I, I was able to buy that. I couldn't afford them framed, so I bought them and then waited a few years and then got them framed um, and kind of had a match. But, uh, yeah, we got the, I got the whole set. And since then I've gotten a couple other UDA pieces and things. So, you know, kind of gotten lucky in that sense. But, uh, yeah, my first Michael Jordan rookie card, it was a nine, and I loved it. And I'll never sell it. I don't care what it's worth just because it's my first Michael Jordan rookie card. Right. My first jersey, you know, and, you know, those kind of things are just kind of, you know, things you – it's more sentimental. It's like my Mickey Mantle ball. I have a Mickey Mantle ball. I met him in person. I don't have it authenticated. I'm never going to authenticate it. I know it's real. Right. I got it in person. You can give me ten thousand dollars, I probably won't sell it because even though it's replaceable, it's not for me because it's mine that I got from him, you know? Absolutely. So for me, a lot of it's still about the passion. I mean, I love to see my stuff go up in value, but um ultimately I collect because I like to collect and you know, I think it's fun, the thrill, the chase, and 
seeing all the new new designs and cards and things like that. So, you know, you know, hopefully that's uh, something that will be instilled in you know future generations too. Yeah, man, this was fantastic. I uh, I really enjoyed it, and uh, I loved your insight into the hobby and all of your you know your passion that you've shown for the hobby. So keep that up, and uh, yeah. we'll talk another time. Thank you very much, Josh. Appreciate it. See ya.